my god. Uh-huh. Oh my god, this movie was... Oh. Uh, you said awful, but I feel like there's not a word that really captures how awful. <laughs> I was grateful when I saw the runtime was an hour 12. Uh, yeah, that's I was like, beautiful. okay, score. <laughs> it felt really long, though, because I watched another a bad movie. It was a bad shark movie over the weekend. And it was, I think that movie was like an hour and 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, this movie is shorter than that. So it'll feel a lot shorter. And I was like, what? What's going on? Why is it not over yet? Yeah. And this particular one, I did not know where it was going. So that made it this harder. We had no plot. <laughs> no plot. <laughs> There's like nothing, None. nothing holding it together. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to talk about this because I was taking notes and I'm like, I. I don't even... They're just random quotes that I thought were funny for the most part. Yeah, I wrote down some of the puns because they're bad. So much so that I'm sitting here saying the first one was better. Like, (laughs) God. Like, yes, but also no. I remember the first one being really unenjoyable as well, but... It, it kind of had, had more it of had lore. Yeah, it had it lore. Had lore. <laughs> lore is very important. <laughs> no, but it had more of a story. Exactly. Yeah, it had this something had holding it together. Nothing. No, this is I hate it. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And we covered the sequel to The Ginger Dead Man. The Ginger Med Ginger Med Dan. <laughs> Help me. Somebody help me. <laughs> the Ginger Dead Man The two. Ginger Dead Man 2. Depending on where you watched yes, it. Yes. Either Passion of the Crust or Bakery of Blood. Is that what it was? Yes. Honestly, Passion of the Crust makes sense when you get to the end. Yeah, but that came in randomly. It absolutely... Yeah. That, so once again, and I think we said this when... so. We covered the original Ginger Dead Man movie last Christmas. So if you haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend because it was real funny. And the movie is garbage, so you don't need to watch that. But listen to listen to our recap. And then if you don't want to do either of those things, just watch this movie because it gives a very thorough recap at the at the top. It's a rhyming thing. It's kind of like the night before Christmas, which is the most Christmassy thing about it. And I think that's where I was trying to go with all of this is that the original Ginger Dead Man movie was not about Christmas. And this movie the sequel was also not really about Christmas, but it did have this weird bookend of British accented man reading um, like a little synopsis of <laughs> what happened originally. Yeah. And then there's this random like crucifixion reference towards the end of the movie. It's just a very confused religious reference. <laughs> yeah, because there's n- nowhere else in this movie should religion be brought up given i mean they were basically just filming porns there right they pretended that they weren't but they kind of were they were definitely filming at least one i think the the tiny um fuck what were they called the tiny terrors tiny terrors thank you these little stupid puppets which I oh, they were awful. I oh. didn't. I didn't catch all of their names. I only caught um, shit for brains and shit for brains. The haunted and the dildo. What about the haunted oh, the- dildo? The haunted dildo was so gross. <laughs> it was a but- like giant penis. <laughs> it like, was so disgusting. It was too lifelike to be a dildo. Come on. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I would have felt so it, much it more had- comfortable if it had been like pink or something. But it, it had it was eyes flesh and, like- and it was. It had veins. It, it wasn't. 
It wasn't good. And mad scientist hair. It was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's not what she wanted, a dildo. But then also the percolator, which was literally like an old school co- like it was plug-in coffee maker. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then there were like a couple others, but they were all incredibly like hideous and creepy and yeah. just unpleasant. How did we get to this? Because we were, I think we were just talking about how religion has no no say in this movie because it, it it's very porno-esque when... I mean, the initial movie that we see, which is Tiny Terrors 9. Right. Yes. They've made eight of these, apparently. So Good God. <laughs> and even that was horrible. And I think that's what I said. I, I wrote down, it seemed like they were doing a porn parody. Like, yes. Just the way their lines were, like, they were, like, trying to mimic an original movie, but it was that, like, lame acting porno Do you know thing? what it reminded me of in Friends? Phoebe's twin sister, Ursula, is doing porn under her name and they have like that one they're watching the uh the porno and they have her saying like she's in like a dracula porno and it's buffet the vampire slayer whatever (laughs) the acting in that that's what it reminded me of it was kind of just like really cheesy hammy dialogue exactly so even when the movie first started because it kind of started in a similar way to the Lifetime movie that we watched this month, where it opened with like a scene being played out that wasn't actually yes. part of them. So the first scene after the lengthy recap is this film. great intro, though, that like Ginger Dead Man song was pretty good. Oh my god, it was super long. That was the other it thing. Was, the credits were so long. Between the recap and the credits, that was the first 15 minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah, so like. this movie was probably like only 60 minutes long when you when you really get down to it. So Yeah, and it gave me like mall rats vibes in the beginning. So yes. that's why I was kinda like, okay, that's kind of cool. Thinking that like maybe the movie will be decent and it mm. wasn't. I have to say the movie was self-aware enough that parts of it were funny. There were funny snippets of dialogue because I even wrote somewhere in my notes. I was like, this is a hot take, but I actually think some of this dialogue is funny. (laughs) Yeah. So it opens with them filming this scene. It's like some kind of satanic ritual. And again, very cheesy, very over the top kind of ridiculousness. And then they cut the scene after shit for brains spews brown stuff all over (laughs) our lead actor who is very annoyed by this. And so basically everyone on this set is miserable and hates their lives. Mm -hmm. And it's wild to me that they're still there because it sounds like they haven't been paid. And how desperate do you have to be in Hollywood to be doing that? I I wouldn't even consider this Hollywood. This is so (laughs) awful. And you find out the main guy, Calvin? Kelvin. Because I thought it was Calvin, and in my notes throughout, he is Calvin. But when I looked up the IMDb page, it is Kelvin. It's like Kelvin. The Kelvin temperature scale. I was going to say, okay, <laughs> like how to read a ke- temperature. Got it. Yeah. His name is Kelvin Cheatham, by the way. <laughs> Kelvin Cheatham. And he inherited Cheatham Studios from his dad, who's been long running in making these. And they admit it. They're like, oh, it's like goofy, the worst low yeah. budget, goofy like movies. the lowest budget. Yeah. And but basically, that's the whole thing. Nobody's getting paid. Everybody's like overworked. I mean, the set looks disgusting. Like, I don't know yeah. how they work there. Then you have 
Polly Bonderhoof. I know when she showed up, I was like, what the what the fuck is this lady doing here? What is her purpose? And we never really know what her purpose is because she's not in the movies that we're seeing being filmed, but no. she brings snacks. So is she like the caterer? <laughs> She's working, yeah, she's working the, um, what do you call that? I don't know. Oh my gosh. There's a, a name that the sets call, like the snack area. I oh, oh, like called. the commissary? That's prison. <laughs> it, no, it, I think it's also movie stuff, too. It'll come to me eventually when I'm not thinking about this movie anymore. Craft services? Craft services, okay. yes, that's it. Um, Yeah, so she's running this <laughs> table of just, like, nonsense crap, and she brings this big box of pastries that were sent from her cousin or sister in Texas. Right, so is that where the first movie took place? I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> okay, let's assume, because otherwise, like, because the ginger dead man arrives in this box. So I thought that there was going to be more with this, like, she she like she wanted the ginger dead man to kill people you know, or like, you know, she was involved somehow. But she evidently unwittingly introduces the ginger dead man to these people. And it's just like, oh, OK. Well. Yeah. And I'm also confused as to the motive of the ginger dead man in this movie. Right. He he doesn't appear to have one. Well, I mean, he wants a body. That's what he establishes oh, fairly or he's like okay. i'm crumbling i want to get into like another human body or whatever so okay. he he finds there's a prop book for uh, a bunch of satanist cult spells and he finds a recipe essentially for you know transferring his spirit or whatever into mm -hmm. a human vessel and it involves killing five people and a virgin. And then uh, I guess that allows the transfer to happen. So we have to watch him kill five people. And uh, I mean, again, it took a while for the killings to start. Yes. And especially I think the first one we don't even get to see. He, no, he kills some guy with a chainsaw and we just see him like holding the chainsaw like ah, ha, ha. right in the blood splatter. And then you're like, well, who was that? And you don't get right. To see yeah. You don't even know who he killed. By the way, I knew about three names of people in this whole movie. I could not. Oh, don't ask me to. I have no I idea. Tommy and Heather. Yes, and then Calvin. And Sir Ian, whatever his name Sir is. Sir Ian. That's I'm it. sure that was supposed to be like Sir Ian McKellen because that's how I right. finished him. Oh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh was. Kavanaugh. There you go. But literally anybody else working on that movie said I have no idea who they are. The gay guy was kind of funny. Oh, he, my God. He, his death was awful. Why? I feel like we keep watching these movies where there's just one really unsuspectingly horrible death right the rest of like you're expecting some degree of violence and you're assuming people are going to get killed but out of nowhere this man gets killed by the ginger dead man shoving a hot curling rod up his ass it is but in a, in a way that in a way you could tell it's fake but like he really gets it up there He's really, yeah, he's moving it around and like the guy is screaming, but I feel like he should have been dead like instantly just from shock and pain. I also felt like it was a con, like again with them, you know, being self-aware. I felt like some of the yells were like enjoyment yells. Oh. Like to kind of give the whole, you I, know, I don't vibe. know. But I, it was, it was just very like. Visually, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was gr like. <laughs> It was disgusting. And then I don't know if you caught this, like the, the next scene, they have like two randos on the set and a guy says to the girl like, oh, smells like so-and-so is uh, making fried bologna sandwiches again. I do remember that. And I just didn't put the two and two together. I gagged out loud. I was like, oh my God. 
No. Uh. No. First of all, like even under non-ass circumstances, fried bologna sandwiches sound gross. <laughs> they do. I don't think like oh, warm bologna doesn't doesn't sound good to me. Bologna should be no. a cold cut, literally. Right. It's a cold cut. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> We're just all over the place here, but I don't, I, again, I really don't, I don't think, think it, matters. it matters. So the other part of the loose plot that's holding this movie together is Tommy and Heather. Heather. So Tommy is allegedly a dying child a la Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah, it's the end of the Rainbow Last Wish Foundation. <laughs> right. And Tommy's very pathetic last wish for his life is to come see the Cheatham Studios movie set and meet the little puppets from Tiny Terrors. So Kelvin is busy trying to put out fires around his mutinying crew and then also trying to give a tour to Heather and Tommy because, of course, he's like, oh, Heather's attractive. Mm -hmm. So most of the movie is literally that. It's just him getting shit on by all of his cast and crew who are like, why the fuck are you mistreating us like this? And then also him being like, oh, and, um, you know, here's how great uh, working on a movie set is to, to Tommy and Heather who are for some reason impressed or at least like Heather. I never understood why. Oh, she's playing that up. Big time. She was like, wow, it must be so cool and rewarding to work in a field like this. Yeah. It's just like, what? Like, why? <laughs> why are you turned on by this man who, by the way, to me felt like a dollar store Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Um, I see that. And I actually say that in a complimentary way. I felt like he had a familiar sense of humor and style of humor that I found very endearing. And I think it's yeah. because it reminded me of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it wasn't. He wasn't the worst actor of this movie. I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> Who was the worst actor of this movie, Dawn? Polly Bonderhoof. Oh, yeah, she sucked. She, uh she's horny she was also like a um a knockoff jennifer coolidge yeah <laughs> she wishes she, <laughs> she wishes yes, she could exactly. be jennifer coolidge <laughs> i mean she's wearing like the worst wig and you know they have her in pink and heels and her chest is as exposed as it could be she I, like are her boobs real they're they're massive i think she said they were fake is she I think she mentions is she like a real life porn actress or something somewhat i looked her up somewhat um, <laughs> what well, is no, cause the movie because i felt like the movies aren't porns they're okay like, they're just erotic yeah like slumber party this and oh like okay chicks and mm -hmm. okay so she's like hitting on the one guy actor <laughs> the one guy we don't know demon he's one he does yeah he's got demon makeup on yes like, if anybody is familiar with Buffy, as I now make another Buffy reference, that's, like, what the vampires look like. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty much the exact makeup, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I think they that's modeled it after of, it. Yeah. And, yeah, she's crushing on him real bad, and she just wants to get laid. And um, she follows him into the bathroom. <laughs> she follows him into the bathroom, and he, like, just took a shit. And she's and like they have a full fledged conversation about this where he's like, oh, I like you shouldn't have come. In. And then you have the ginger dead man in the vent, oh like lighting a match and like all grossed out and all this stuff. He masturbates. Yeah. And that's when I asked, can a cookie come? 
I was. I thought they were going to show it. I thought he was going to like come gonna frosting or something. Because okay, so we're skipping ahead a little bit, but like, sorry, no, 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 I did that because you were saying he was like all grossed out. But my my time, only memory from this scene is is the gingerbread man masturbating. Yeah. So th- she basically tells this actor guy like, "I will hook you up with whatever director or producer in Hollywood if you fuck me," and he's like, yes. "All right." Stick it in. Yep, and he does, and they they're they're doing it like it's it's happening, and we get to see it a little bit. And the ginger dead man is watching and just jerking his little cookie dick off. And I don't know what that looks like. We didn't really get to see it. Yeah, we didn't get. Maybe from that's the a blessing. We did get to see. I'm surprised we did not get to see this. I know, and I really thought there was going to be some simulation of gingerbread come but yeah. there was not so count our blessings this christmas everyone it's a christmas miracle it's a christmas miracle <laughs> but that is the question of the year can a cookie come so if you have the answer cookies and cream right co- the boom <laughs> boom <laughs> there's the shirt <laughs> There's the shirt. <laughs> but I felt like the ginger dead man was hornier in this movie than in the first movie. And maybe I'm not oh, remembering yeah. completely. But so it's not even just like the masturbation scene. But he like he assaults one of the puppets later. Oh, yeah. He wants <laughs> to just I think. Yeah. He's just ready to go at whatever. He yeah. Can. He like can't control himself. And, and it nope. was really disturbing. Like that honestly put me off to this movie a lot more than so many of the other things i found it funny that the murders were so dramatic like a cookie's killing these people right and the amount of blood coming out of oh their my mouth, god yeah even in the I beginning like, when that girl got punched in the nose in in the middle of the, the oh scrapple, yes and like she's bl- she's gushing blood she's like you broke my nose it's like yeah but like did he did just it break <laughs> your artery like i don't i don't know what happened go there. ice it yeah just go <laughs> throw some ice on it oh man so um, yeah and i'm trying to think that because so while they're having sex the ginger dead man he masturbates to completion whatever that means for a cookie and mm-hmm. runs up behind polly and stabs her in the back enough times that he's finally able to stab through her and get the other guy who is not reacting at all to the fact that the woman that he's fucking is being stabbed <laughs> No, and on top of that, again, it's a fucking cookie. <laughs> How far can he get the knife through? Right, and it was not own that body, big of a knife. <laughs> right, that his own body isn't going with it. He would need a broadsword. <laughs> yeah. And then he would not be able to lift it. Although he has no problem lifting the chainsaw, so I don't know. Yeah, there's... I cookie don't know. physics are off in this movie, but they were off in the first movie as well, if I recall. Oh, yeah. Okay, so back to the subplot. of this make-a-wish crap as they're going from set to set and one of the biggest things is that he just has so many movies going at once that he cannot fund them at all right and one of his accountants i guess or whoever (laughs) is like the wire did not come through from come Russia. From Russia. Who the fuck is in Russia funding this operation? <laughs> I feel like only Russians would fund this operation. Uh, they're trying to bring us down from the inside by making these <laughs> shitty movies. <laughs> and then to like kind of help the situation a little, he gets a call from somebody that wants to shoot a porn there and it would give them 3000 cash. Yeah. And that'll hold them over for a little while to pay some people mm-hmm. before the the wire comes through. And I'm like, that's quite an elaborate plan, mm-hmm. but go for it. 
anything goes in this world. Of, yeah, uh, in this crazy world. <laughs> but they have, I guess, a, an esteemed actor, Sir Ian Cavanaugh. Right, and they hooked him by not telling him what movie he was going to be starring in. And right. so he he's very upset that he was misled about it and is sort of like boycotting. And speaking of boycotts, we also find out one of the reasons that they're struggling so much is because the script for Tiny Terrors 9 has leaked onto the internet and is getting shat on by everyone, including uh, some blogger called Demon Warrior 13, who apparently has been arranging for people to just like pull their funding from the project and, you know, stop ordering copies from when it's going to be produced, yada, yada. So Demon Warrior 13 is is really fucking shit up around here. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame them. It is (laughs) trash. No. I don't know how the other eight movies were, but... I can't imagine. I mean, given, given what we've seen... I can't imagine. Yeah, and I think this is around the time that I was confused as as to his motive and order of which he's killing these people. But I guess they're in compromising positions anyway, so he just goes for the gusto. Yeah, I think it's really just crimes of opportunity more so than yeah. targeted to certain people. It's just like, oh, here's somebody in a vulnerable situation. I will fuck them up because the next one is the guy who's like, he's he's doing something with the puppet. With yeah, he's like working with the props under the table, like I guess setting up their wire. Maybe yeah, I don't know, but his hand is like up inside the 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 girl puppet that the ginger dead man decides has a crush on. Yeah, I don't know. He's like real turned on by her, and she's gross looking. Yeah, she's like some gypsy looking woman, but like in the worst off. What like her face was like wet, like. Ew. gooey it was yeah it was unpleasant. i tried not to look so close at them no yeah they they were unpleasant to look at and he but he says you know you're making my low fries which is just the kind <laughs> it's just a little taste of the kind of puns you get in in this cinematic masterpiece yeah so at first he's just kind of like flirting with her, but then he goes over and literally starts humping her like a, like a frantic chihuahua who's uh, <laughs> it's like yes. favorite toy. And it's like, oh no, what is happening? And then he gets mad somehow because he perceives something that she's doing, and she's inanimate, by the way, but he perceives yes. something she's doing as rejecting his advances. And then he takes his chainsaw from nowhere and starts hacking at her but it ends up being the guy's hand under the table. So again, lots of blood, not pleasant, but yeah, you know, he Dunzo. he needs his bodies, so. But that's the fifth body, no? Y- yes, but he's not sure whether or not it counts because he didn't make sure he was dead. He just cut off the guy's hand. Stupid. Right? Okay. So, yeah. At exactly. this point they have to evacuate the studio because Calvin is forced to realize that people are dying around here and it's really awful. So there's mass pandemonium, but they go to check on like Tommy and Tommy, who's supposed to be wheelchair bound, is missing. And Mm -hmm. so him and Heather are like running around trying to find Tommy and the ginger dead man. They end up on like one of the movie sets. That was probably one of the better looking ones if I had to pick. Was this the Spank Party one? Star Wars. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which can I? Here's one of the lines from that one. Yeah. Wait, hold on. The only way to get this creature out of your body is with rigorous <laughs> paddling. <laughs> uh, and they have NASA on the paddles. So she's getting like NASA whipped paddles. with NASA paddles. But that's <laughs> makes perfect that's, sense. 
Yeah, I... Anyway. Oh, God. So they end up on this set, and the ginger dead man has rigged himself up inside of, like, one of the robot costumes, which they acknowledge is somehow wired to fire real lasers and cause actual damage. And <laughs> Calvin is even like, hmm, oh, I guess the they, they must have rewired, rewired it. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. So that seems problematic up until Tommy appears out of nowhere and like cuts mm-hmm. the cord or whatever that knocks the robot over. And so it traps the ginger dead man for a little bit while we get the backstory of Tommy, which is a twist that I did not see coming. A plot twist. He's not part of this Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. My favorite line in the whole movie. Hold on. Do you have any idea how hard it is to fake a terminal illness for vengeance? <laughs> And we don't even really know how long he's been faking it because Heather no. lists out lots of like things she's organized for him and the other people in this program. So like it leads me to believe that it must have been a while, like maybe yeah. a year or more. So that's pretty wild. That's quite the investment for for vengeance. I also love that no sooner does he present himself and show his true colors all of a sudden all of his facial piercings go back in oh yeah (laughs) every scene is a new one like there's there's a stud on his nose and then the next scene there's a hoop on his nose and the next scene there's something else and i'm like oh he's coming into he's coming into his real character now that's great (laughs) right and as he's doing it he's just like putting in more piercings (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) so stupid to show how badass he is. So we find out that Tommy is actually Demon Warrior 13. And his whole vendetta against Kelvin is based upon the principle that he has been sending scripts to Kelvin and his production company for years and has not heard anything. And so he's upset about it. Yeah. And he said he's been getting them returned unopened. Which right. Is yeah. So that quite is quite the kick in the neck. Insulting. So he shows up here under this whole ruse of being a dying person and has a bomb strapped to his chest that I guess he's going to explode the whole studio with him inside of him. Right, like, what do you get out of that? That's what I never understood about suicide bombers. I mean, I get it I when know, it's, like, religious-based. Religious. Yeah. yeah, but in this case, what are you getting out of it? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you get revenge, but you also die. So what is that? So he's mm-hmm. really upset that Kelvin ruined the Tiny Terrors franchise. I think maybe the... Tiny Terrors franchise was terrible to begin with. So who knows? But Kelvin is trying to talk him down and is like, hey, man, real sorry about that. Let's let's make this better. Um, I can give you a movie contract. Let's let's do three picture deal. You know, we'll get some of your scripts in here. We'll we'll get you going. And while he's talking him down from this fucking Heather comes up with a um, a styrofoam board? Yes, thank you. Which she should have realized was styrofoam when she picked it up and was like, oh, this is Duh. fucking light. But yeah, it's almost like one of those things that she doesn't realize that it's fake until she smashes him over the head with it and it just like cracks in two. And it's just like, you idiot. Like, how did you think yeah. that was going to work? They even had like that look where like Kelvin looks at her like, are you fucking serious? Right, like, like, bitch, it's a prop. And it's like, ugh. So yeah. anyway, at this point... Kelvin gets knocked out, I think, right? Something something happens where, like, the two of them end up in on the original movie set from the beginning of the movie, like, chained to yeah, this, chained, chained to, to the, the 365 days circle rock. Yes. 
And Tommy's going to perform some sort of torture ritual on them. But he's taking like so long to do it. Something happens where I don't know what it is exactly, but how does, does he evoke the spirits of the tiny? Okay, terrors? so what happens is the ginger dead man sneaks up on him while he's performing or attempting to perform this ritual and stabby stabs him in the back. So now Tommy is dead, but he is a virgin because he does admit at some point that he lived in his mom's basement. So apparently every man who lives in his mom's basement is a virgin. Honestly, the Venn diagrams are probably pretty overlapped, but regardless, while the ginger dead man is kind of monologuing to Kelvin and Heather, some of Tommy's blood seeps Uh, onto the pentagram. And now I'm not familiar enough with the satanic recipes to know exactly why this does what it does. But for some reason, his virgin blood touching the pentagram does. Oh, yeah. Lift the whole thing up. Yeah. It does seem to animate all of the little puppets in the room who, for whatever reason, come together to defeat the ginger dead man. Thank you, because <laughs> I am also confused by this, because I thought that they would have sided with him. Yes, or at least made him one of their ranks, unless they were defending Kelvin because if his dad was the one who Created invented them. them, yeah, maybe yeah. they have some loyalty to him, but we didn't ever really get... No, we should not. Because, uh, so, uh, okay. So the little puppets, the little tiny terrors, they take the ginger dead man and there just happens to be a crucifix or a cross in the room that they pull down from the wall and they literally nail the ginger dead man to this cross. There's I have questions. A convenient crown of thorns. (laughs) There is. Um, I'm also confused (laughs) to how a cookie can bleed. Right. And bleeding blood. Yeah. Like human blood. Yes. Which leads me to believe, did he come human come? <laughs> I yeah, I guess that would that would make sense. I mean, but it also it, doesn't make sense. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, I, I think know. it would have been more clever if he if he came icing, but whatever. That would be yes, but he he bled human blood, and uh, he then says, "Not my yummy little." Tussies. Yes, I wrote that down too in all caps. It's the new "Not my gumdrop buttons." <laughs> Yep. Not my yummy Not little tootsies. <laughs> so he gets literally nailed to the literally cross. Crucified. And like you said, there's a convenient crown of thorns. Perfect size yep. for him. Yeah, ginger dead man sized crown of thorns. Thorns, yes. And they then, you know, put the cross up and you just see him there. They light it on fire. So sacrilegious. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm I mean, I was probably already going, but I'm going to help. My grandmother would be horrified. I was gonna say, like, not good. Uh (laughs) so stupid. So, yeah, uh, it gets worse because then at this point, I don't know what was going to happen with the other little terrors, the tiny terrors, but we don't get to find out because Sir Ian Cavanaugh has had a change of heart and comes into the room with an AK-47 and just lights up all of these puppets for no reason, really, because yep. they haven't really demonstrated that they're out for human blood. They might have just been killing out the ginger dead man. I don't blood. know. I guess maybe it was better to just put them all to sleep but yeah that's what he does and um also kelvin was not fully tied up did you notice no. that? no heather's tied up her hands at the top over her head on top of her head mm-hmm. 
Plus they're chained to that thing. Right. No sooner does Sir Ian come and blow up these creatures, he just starts making, Kelvin just starts making out with her, but he just fully goes on top of her. And I'm like, your hands were free this whole fucking time? Ugh. Are you serious? Classic Kelvin. Ugh. Yeah, I don't understand what Heather saw in him. And then even also at this point, Heather has already tried to throw Kelvin under the bus when they were both tied to the rock because she was saying to the ginger dead or not to to, um, to Tommy. She was like, I've only been nice to you. I've arranged all of these nice outings right, for I've you. I've done nothing. This yeah. is the guy you want. Let me go. <laughs> so I guess Kelvin's willing to forgive her for that because we find out that they got married yeah. based off of this, which is wild. And the props and whatnots out in the garbage as well as the ginger dead man on his cross. His crusty corpse. <laughs> yeah, and a bum walks over going through the garbage for food and then takes a piece of the ginger dead man and that might be the body he inhabits now. Yeah, because the, they made it look like. We we come back to like the Christmassy British voiceover and the yeah. guy basically says, You are what you eat. And then the the homeless man who has eaten part of the cookie is now like, ha, 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 Just yeah, like, his oh. eyes glow and all this shit. Because we know that there is a third movie a third. here. Something about a cleaver. Oh, Saturday Night Cleaver. Saturday Night Cleaver. Yes, which apparently involves time travel back to the 70s. Oh, great. Might be worth checking out. <laughs> <laughs> Might have an actual plot? I doubt I it. Know. I doubt it. And I would be interested to see who returns, like, if anybody, and even in terms of the production crew, because I was looking to compare between the first movie and this movie, if anybody is the same, and it's really... There's no overlapping. There's one producer who was on both movies, but the director is different, the cast is all different, the writers are different, so... Yeah, the whole that like nobody's in relation. It's like it's 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 a trilogy, but they're all their own thing. Like right, because there wasn't even you didn't even need the context that they provided in that five minute recap of the first movie in the beginning. None of that. I am impressed by it being relevant, especially because there's no explanation as to how the ginger dead man that we thought was dead after the first movie is now alive and well in yeah, cookie we didn't form. Yeah, any of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So that's fine. I mean, that's the level of continuity I would expect in this type of series, but... Oh, my gosh. And I only have one fun fact, which is... That's more than I would think. A majority of the background music in the film is the exact same music used in the 1998 film Casper Meets Wendy. What? <laughs> Maybe there's something about it's, like, easy to get the rights to it or something. Maybe. I mean, it was just all that, like, you know, spooky, ominous shit. But yeah. But you could tell, like, the opening, like, right after the credits mm-hmm. and all that. It sounded like it was from Cat. Like, once I read that and then listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely has to oh, be Oh, see, that. I would have to go back and watch it again, and I'm just not going to do that to myself. Yeah, There no, were a couple of moments that. in this movie where I was like, oh, wait, what about that thing they said earlier? And then I was like, no, I'm not going back. <laughs> Sorry, if I miss something crucial to explain a plot element, like I, it's gone. The moment is gone. It just got to a point, though, where I was like, get to the point. Yes, it it felt, it felt very chaotic for a movie. It was all over the place. There wasn't really anything holding it together. And what was the point at the end? It's like, who cares? (laughs) There was none. And I mean, again, wondering where the Bakery of Blood title came from. Yes, because 
I mean, Passion of the Crust really is only relevant for that crucifixion scene. But Bakery of Blood, it does not take place in a bakery. There's a lot of blood, but that's it. There's no bakery. This this was a massacre. Absolutely. This would have made more sense. (laughs) Ginger Dead Massacre. See, that that sounds great. (laughs) Well, maybe we should write the fourth movie. Oh, isn't that the bong one? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if you would consider that to be like a... That's more of a spinoff. Yes, kind of a spinoff. That seems to have its own slew of films as well. I'm sure it does. It did seem like this movie was a bit of an autobiography where I felt like maybe the writer or producer or somebody involved was Kelvin. (laughs) Yeah. And perhaps has uh, has dealt with some of the scenarios that we saw in the in this movie in terms of struggles with funding and yeah, rebellion amongst the cast and crew and maybe F-list bad reviews. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. That yeah. has to be it. So yeah, that was Ginger Dead Man 2. That closes out our holiday season. It does. And you know what's it so is. weird to me? We're not preparing to start Emily in Paris next week. I know. It feels like that should be the natural progression of things. Since yeah. That's what it's been for the past couple of years. And this year, it's it's not happening. And I, w- I don't no. want to say that I'm sad about it, but it just feels weird. It does feel weird to go into the next month and have... <laughs> I guess we'll just do more movies. movies. <laughs> yeah, which we'll eventually figure out. You'll see our posts everywhere once we decide what we're going to do. Because now nothing really needs to be themed. So they could just be random. Yeah, that's true. I did see a movie on Tubi. The I, oh gosh, I just took a picture of it too. The ice cream truck. <laughs> a young mother finds herself alone in her suburban hometown, where the neighbors are too nice, and the ice cream man is anything but sweet. Oh boy, it just seemed very, very. That reminds cheesy. me of um, what was it in Riverdale? The milk, the milk jug guy, the <laughs> the milkman. Milk oh, man. the milkman. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. The milk jug guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's terrifying. (laughs) That was so stupid. That was so good. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, well. Why did I go to milk jug guy before I went to milkman? (laughs) Oh, Oh no! Oh, well. oh boy! It's not even that late. No, it's not even like but we're this at movie like a delirious broke my brain. State. Basically, it was bad. Oh wow! So yeah, it is the end of December. Twenty twenty four is right around the corner. Yeah, man, bring it on! I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for a new year. Exactly. So be on the lookout on our socials for any and all updates. And the 28th, anything uh, significant? Well, we can celebrate National Chocolate Candy Day if we are so inclined, which I will be. But, you know, otherwise, since we won't see you guys until after, have a happy new year. Everybody stay safe on New Year's Eve. Don't drink and drive. And don't get sick. Yeah, don't get COVID. Don't nothing. Don't shoot off fireworks unless you are very, very careful and know what you're doing. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Just don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. And we will see you in 2024.